Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today is no exception. We've got a great guest all the way from Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the show, David Liggett. Thank you, Victor. Great to see you and uh, great to be on. Great to have you here. Now, David, you're in the data center space, which is a fascinating space. It harkens back to my days in the tech industry, and we're going to have an awesome conversation about that. But before we dive into the details, maybe give us a little bit of your backstory and how you got to this point in your journey. Right on. I got into the commercial real estate industry back in 2007. I had no idea what a data center was, had never thought about a kilowatt, a megawatt, all the things that make data centers go. Uh, I had never even considered. And so very quickly, I found myself with some individuals that were focused on helping CBRE, who the company I was with, their customers really evaluate where, from a data center perspective, they wanted to be. And that's how I got into the industry. I spent about eight years at CBRE, had a great experience there, and then transitioned from that in 2014 to starting our company, Data Center Hawk which is an online platform for people that are in the data center space or investors, providers to subscribe and get information about this industry, which is growing at a fascinating rate. So that's how I got into the space. We love being in it. We've loved developing technology in our platform around just an industry that keeps growing. Fantastic. Well, in the data center space is a very interesting one because there's a lot of drivers that are counterintuitive for those that aren't fully versed in it. I think about the number one thing is just keeping your energy costs under control. So you got to be in a location where your electricity costs are not too high, number one. Number two, and this is perhaps a little counterintuitive, you've got to be at the intersection of a number of redundant fiber networks so that if one network goes down, you've got redundant paths so that you don't lose connectivity. And for global players that are looking to be in the data center space, that redundancy, that connectivity is so important. So it really drives the location. You can't just drop these anywhere and say, okay, I'm in the data center business. Um, so how is that driven your choice of sites? Are you just focusing on acquisition? Are you focusing on development? What, what's the play? Well, you've, you've identified something that's really important in our industry, which is, you know, this is critical infrastructure. So if you think businesses, think healthcare hospitals, these companies that this is the digital framework that our society runs off of every minute of every day. So where you put these location is, is very important. Now, the good news is, is you, you really can build these in different, you know, anywhere, but it takes time and money. And most people don't have a lot of time and they don't want to spend the capital it takes to bring, as you mentioned, fiber networks to that location or bring extra power to those places. So they want to go to areas, geographic areas where there's already a confluence of those items, power, fiber, water, the infrastructure needed to actually build these facilities. And we have seen over the last several years, those actually facility sizes even get bigger and bigger as cloud service providers and other large companies really continue to mature their portfolios across not just here in the US, but across the world. So those are really important drivers that do drive location. We really focus, Victor, on the information side of the business. So there's some people out there that are consulting with companies on saying, hey, you should go here, you should go there. What we do at Data Center Hawk is we go out 
we evaluate all these areas, we collect data, we analyze it, and then we put it back on our platform so that if a data center operator is going to go spend $250 million, he has the framework and the data needed to make that decision. If a data center investor is saying, hey, I want to invest $50 million in this opportunity, they have the data needed to go make that decision in a clear and concise way. How much of that is getting allocations on some of these critical infrastructure items, whether it's water, whether it's electricity, at bulk rates, and all of the things that you would need to get a project not just fully entitled, but economically entitled, with a nice tidy bow in advance of somebody actually even putting their signature to a contract? Yeah, that is a great observation. I would call that speed to market. And it's one of the things that the largest data center users. So if you think of like Microsoft and Amazon and Google and Facebook, those companies find very valuable, which is, hey, where can, how quickly can we bring our infrastructure online when we need it? And so those that are actually building, constructing, operating these data center facilities for those companies I mentioned before, they are heavily invested in areas that you mentioned they can entitle land sites, they can get zoning completed, but they can also use their economies of scale from a buying perspective to get as low cost power contracted as they can, making sure they have reservations for power scalability over time, putting together things like attractive rates on the other types of infrastructure like water. That is all on the radar of those companies. And they're really pros and experts at it. When you go to some of these areas and you see the scale of some of these buildings, it will blow your mind because they are massive operations, but they're doing it very quick they're delivering the capacity in very quick timelines to meet the needs of the users. And uh, that's one of the reasons this market is growing so fast. Now, is there a particular size that makes sense for a data center, you know, below a certain square footage or a certain volume doesn't make sense? Or is there a particular sweet spot that you're targeting? 10 years ago, we were seeing development take place of a specific like data center facility in like the 100,000 square foot range. And typically anywhere from eight to 12 megawatts of critical power. That's the power that the desert owner actually sells. Today, we are seeing buildings anywhere from 250 to 500,000 square feet. And you know many of these buildings can support up to 60, 70, 80 megawatts of power, which if you're not in the power world, just know that's a lot. And it takes generators and UPS systems and, and all the cooling infrastructure as well to make that happen. And that all goes into the building or around the building. We've definitely seen over the last 10 years an increase in development size. And with that development comes the needed infrastructure to make it happen. If you were to look at a power budget for a data center, how much, and you don't need an exact answer here, but how much goes into cooling the building versus actually powering the servers themselves? Typically, there's a metric that the data center industry uses called PUE which is power usage effectiveness. So it basically measures how much of the electricity going into the building is cooling uh, or is, is dedicated to the space itself versus how much of the electricity is powering the other parts of the building. And it's a calculation I won't bore you with, but the reality is that the data center providers and users have gotten very efficient. So typically there's a maybe a 10 to 20% range of extra electricity needed to actually like power the buildings Years ago, it was 40 to 50%. And years before that, it was almost two times, you know, you'd need, if you took a megawatt of power, you'd need two megawatts to actually get one megawatt of that critical power that we talked about. And that's changed significantly over the last several years. So I think it, what that points to, the big takeaway is 
that the data center construction design has gotten much more efficient. And that is good for the data center industry. It's also good for the environment. I think the designers of the servers themselves have gotten a lot more effective. I know that historically, a lot of the processors were these very large server Intel processors that were very power hungry. They were not very efficient. So much energy went into just you know heat as opposed to anything else. And they've started building processors that are arrays of much lower power processors. And they found that your processing power per watt is much, much better when you start to apply some of the same techniques that are used in mobile technology into the server world. It's made those processors tremendously more efficient. Another thing I would add to that is the way that the cooling techniques have changed over the last 10 years. Like one of the things that we're seeing, this is very like cutting edge, but we've seen some large companies that are able to take some different approaches from a cooling perspective, look at liquid cooling, where these servers are actually in a liquid that will help cool it in a more efficient manner. And the takeaway from that is that you can get a lot in those type of scenarios, you can get a lot more power to those buildings and cool it in a way that in the past you haven't been able to. So that's certainly something to watch. I don't think that's going to be a trend that you know sweeps through the industry very quickly. This is still kind of on that cutting edge that I mentioned, but there are some bigger companies looking into this and seeing some positive results. And so with the efficiency in chip design and the way servers are being allocated from an infrastructure perspective today, with some of the cooling things we're seeing, we are we're definitely witnessing some efficiencies in the space that we haven't seen before. That being said, we're also seeing data being used in record numbers as it relates to just the exponential need that companies have, even consumers have, you know, B2C consumers for data, information, pictures that they're storing, all of that is growing as well. So it's an interesting combination when you evaluate how we use data and then the efficiency of storing data and cooling data. And those two things are really what we see play out every day in the data center industry. It's really fun. I love it. Well, David, if folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? datacenterhawk.com is our website. The tools that we sell subscription to, that's all on there. We also have a blog page where we are producing weekly insights about the industry. We actually will do video interviews with key industry leaders and talk about trends, not just in the US and North America and Canada, but also in areas like Europe and Asia. So those are some great places to, to check us out. You can also get on any type of social media, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, those type of places, and we're there as well. So those are great places to connect with us. Fantastic. Well, David, thank you for the perspective. Uh, it's an industry that I've always been close to for much of my technical career. Now that I'm in the world of real estate investing, not so much, but I love, love the business. And uh, for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to David at datacenterhawk.com. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow.